Hey everybody, it's Andy from UnleashStrengths.com with episode number five of Thematics. In this episode, I had the opportunity to interview Carol Ann McGuire. Carol is an amazing individual, a newly certified Gallup Strengths coach, and uh, a lover of life, and she's doing some amazing things out there with positive psychology and strengths-based development. She's going to be telling you some stories that are just mind-blowing. One of the stories actually has to do with Will Smith. Yes, Will Smith, Mr. Independence Day, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air himself. So sit back, grab a fresh notebook, a fresh pen full of ink, and uh, prepare to have your mind blown because Carol's going to get into some really cool stuff. This is Andy again from UnleashStrengths.com. I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. You're listening to Thematics presented by UnleashStrengths.com, the only show that embraces your addiction to strengths. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Thematics presented by UnleashStrengths.com. As always, I am your host, Andy Sokolovich. And today I have an awesome woman who I'm excited to interview. I was following her around Facebook a little bit, kind of stalking her progress as she was going through uh, some Gallup training. And she does this really cool thing called sketch notes. We'll get into that a little bit later, but it's super artistic and it really grabbed my attention like cat to catnip. So, Carol Ann, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and then uh, go ahead and give us your top five. All right, my name is Caroline McGuire. I uh, taught for 25 years, like that. I, you know, 25 because it sounds like a ridiculous number. And uh, most of that time was teaching blind and visually impaired students. I then moved over to a technology coordinator position in a little tiny private school in Calabasas, California, that we could talk about later. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I am a strengths coach. And what are your top five? My top five, achiever, learner, uh, achiever, learner, positivity, woo, and focus. That, that always gets people tripped up. You, you think so much about it every single day, and I then know, when you're asked, you're like, you're like gone. <laughs> yeah, I, same, when I remember when I, when I got out of uh, strength training down at Gallup in Omaha, Jim Collison interviewed me post, uh, post-class after graduated, and he said, what, Andy, what are your top five? And I went, uh, um, and like, I feel like I should know this. This is an important question, um, but, I, but I drew a blank. So... So you and I had kind of corresponded via email prior to this interview, and you wrote some things down, and, and I jotted some notes down, and I really just think you have such an awesome past and a solid future. So, so you were an educator. What subjects? You kind of talked a little bit about blind and visually impaired students, and then, um, but I see that you wrote down you taught them to make movies and and, and things like that to become uh, talented filmmakers. You want to touch on that for a little bit, and then talk about sure. maybe Apple. Yeah, sure. So I had um, was teaching blind and visually impaired students, and I went to this conference, and the guy that was giving the conference was saying how easy movie making was. He was trying to get people to, to come to the California Multimedia Festival and submit a video. And so he was just saying how easy, how easy, easy. And I looked down at my computer and realized, hey, I have iMovie on there, which I had never noticed before. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, if it's that easy... Yeah, let's take it. Let's do it. So I walked up to him afterwards and I said, "Hi, my name is Carol Ann McGuire, and if movie making is really that easy, we're going to win your California Multimedia Festival next year." And he said, "Oh, what do you teach?" I said, I have "Blind and visually impaired students." <laughs> he said, "They can't, they can't see the screen." I was like, "No, but you just told me for an hour how easy this was, and if it really is that easy, 
we're going to win. And now I look back and think, oh my gosh, I actually <laughs> said that to somebody. <laughs> but I went back to my, right. my class awesome. on Monday, and I told the kids, you know, about this project, and we're going to make movies, and they were so excited. And then I walked into the teacher's lounge. Now, I don't know if you've ever walked into a teacher's lounge, but our for teacher's like, lounge... For like 10 seconds, just like on a dare. Yeah, it really does need to be that. It, our teacher's lounge was really a place where, where inspiration goes to die, and mm. so I didn't really understand that at the time until I walked in, and everybody's like, what'd you do? I said, I went to this conference. I'm going to make movies with my kids, and the whole room got quiet. And they, one by one, so you're going to make a visual project with kids that can't see the screen. Yes. And how many movies have you made? Zero. <laughs> you know, just shot down my dreams one at a time, and I walked back into my class completely deflated and thinking, yeah, that's kind of a stupid idea. And so I walked into the to my class and said, you know, this is probably not a good idea. And they said, you said we were going to win that contest. I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Like, we're going to totally win this contest. Yeah. So we got a camera, and I taught the kids how to shoot on a camera. We learned that tripods were good because the kids, the cameramen tended to go down like this because they can't see. So we learned, you know, by failure that tripods were good. I, I basically learned how to make movies completely by failure. And but found out in the process that this group of children were really, really talented filmmakers. And I just gave them a chance to try. I mean, really, if you look at the whole thing, I was their biggest handicap. Vision was not their handicap. A teacher that didn't know what she was doing was their handicap. Uh, but they were really great. They ended up winning that contest twice. They and their movie was hosted on the Apple website for five years after that. After that moment, they were yeah, good. I can I can imagine that's an inspirational story. I mean, I can't even being visually impaired and not having the ability to see what you're where you're pointing the camera. I mean, I'm sure that took a solid amount of discipline and just trial mm -hmm. and error. So failure, uh, yeah. failure. Yeah. And sometimes that's our greatest outcomes, right? Just learning from failure. I mean, strengths teaches us to not focus on our weakness, learn how to manage them, and also focus on our strengths. But really, um, as we're going through this whole life of strengths discovery, you have to try things in order to, to find out what you're good at. Um, so sometimes uh, learning by failure is perfect. I will tell you that when I failed, I guess instinctively I learned how to figure out I was failing, so what can I do to make it positive? And for me, it was my woo. So I found people that knew what they were doing to help me through it. I didn't know at the time it was called woo or learner. You know, I didn't, I didn't know those labels existed. Yeah. But looking back, I can see, yeah, I totally lear I learned this is something I cannot do, but I still want to do it. How do I figure out a way around it? Yeah, and, and you know, how can I leverage the talents of others yeah. maybe too to make it yeah. a little bit easier on myself? So let's talk about who introduced you to StrengthsFinder and why. Maybe you can give us a little bit of insight as to how that came about and how Strengths entered your life. I was um, doing a lot of professional development. Mm -hmm. I run a nonprofit organization called Rock Our World where we connect kids all over the world. And so I do a lot of um, public speaking about that nonprofit. And I was at a college. Uh, in San Diego, and 
apparently they had sent me a code for StrengthsFinder, and I was supposed to take this before I went to the to the conference. So I gave my whole spiel and sat down, and the next presenter came up and was talking about StrengthsFinder, and I realized while he was talking, everybody pulled up a little trifold on their desk, and it mm -hmm. had all their five things on there, and I did not have one because I didn't open my code. <laughs> and as he was talking, I was just like, this is, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see, because I, I didn't have a basis, but I was watching people nod and say, yeah, how'd you know, and how does it how does it do that? You know, like this kind of wonderment and, and, and inspiration that was in the room. I was like, I gotta go home and take this test. Yeah, <laughs> so I went home yeah. and took the assessment, and in my room by myself, I was in that same moment. Like, how does it know? How, how did yeah. it know who I was? Yeah, it's, it's crazy insightful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, I, got it's, all, I took it. I made my kids take it. I made my husband take it. My parents take it. <laughs> I was like, everybody's got to take this. It's amazing. So... Yeah, it, let's talk about real good. You know, I have a I, I have a whole list of questions here that I that I ask, but you know, something in one of your emails popped out and got me super excited. You know, I'm a huge Fresh Prince of Bel Air fan from back in the day. You know, I could sing the song from start to finish. But you indicated on here that you had. Uh, let's just talk about Will Smith. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship with Will Smith. <laughs> well, um, I was teaching blind and visually impaired students, and I got this phone call. Um, that from the Smith Alliance, and they wanted me to come teach music, uh, filmmaking, and music composition to their kids. <laughs> it was like, um, how did they, they hear uh, about you? Look at I, Steven Spielberg. Like I am nobody, <laughs> and uh, I said no for about a year, and they kept calling. And I had won a lot of awards, so when I finally did come talk to them. They knew way more about me than I knew about them, which I didn't know, like, is it spooky or honored? Like, I can't figure out where, which way that was going. But they really wanted, they wanted me to come, and so they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I stayed in their guest house, and uh, we started off as a homeschool, and I went, went with them through the whole process of them purchasing a school, a real school, and teaching lots of kids. And I taught them movie making and technology and Google apps and music composition, a whole bunch of fun stuff. We had a great time. That's so cool. I think that's such, I mean, we we always look to impact people and, and make them better. But at the end of the day, there's just something about celebrity status that kind of draws us in a little closer. And and uh, I think that's neat that you have that story to share. And I'm, and I'm sure, I mean... I, I'm going to laud you for all the information and the attention that they were, I guess they must have Googled you or found out or, or searched you out, but obviously there was some really good credentials out there floating around. So pat yourself on the back because that's great stuff. Well, um, you know, it was just, it was, it was fun being in an environment where you could just be super creative, just to be in an environment where everyone was saying, yeah, let's try it. You know, we can't, we can't figure it out. Let's figure out a way to do it. And so they really gave me the opportunity to stretch my wings a little bit more than what I was doing before. And so it was, yeah. it was awesome. It was a great experience. They're wonderful people to work for. I, we're still friends. Like, it was just, it was really great. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. 
it's fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's so neat. Uh, so, <laughs> getting back to Shranks before I get all starstruck and geek out about the Fresh Prince. Um, so, how do you feel like since uh, you became aware of your top five and your strengths? How do you think that that's impacted your life? I really look at things differently. I look. It really has um, impacted my life more than what I even thought it was. You know, I thought it was just this little, you know, online assessment I was going to take, and then it, that would be the end of it. And it's really um, taught me how to color my world a little differently. I look at. I can understand my children better. I definitely understand my husband better. His strengths or my weaknesses, and I used to. He's he's a deep thinker, and I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, I used to think he was taking a long time to think about things just to irritate me, mm. and now I know, no, it's his strength, you know, <laughs> and I can, um, I understand him better, and where he's coming from, and my children, it just, it's changed my relationships, because I do feel that I have a better understanding of where people are coming from, and I'm a little more patient and understanding with them. Well, you're a nonprofit, Rock Our World, how do you feel your strengths uh, kind of revealed themselves and had a major part in you setting that up? Well, when we first started, I had um, I'd just become an Apple Distinguished Educator and was at a camp with them, with Apple, and I wanted to learn GarageBand, mm -hmm. and it was too complicated, and I learned it at this camp, and while I was sitting ready to present my piece on GarageBand, a group of international teachers came up and said, hey, you know, we didn't do a project, but let's do something together. And at that moment, I was like, oh, that's it. We're going to work with kids all around the world. We're going to make music and, and compose music together. And, and then we're going to have a TV show, and I'm going to win an Emmy. And, you know, you went on and on. And, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, at that moment, I thought, well, there's only a couple problems with Rock Our World. One is GarageBand, which was The Rock. Mm -hmm. And I had just learned it. I have no idea how to send you a file. And the other problem was World. I didn't know anybody anywhere around the world. I'd never had a passport. I'd never traveled anywhere. So it took care of pretty much the big pieces of Rock Our World. The only piece that I knew how to do was the hour, and I knew how to put together a good team. And I put together a team of people that were good at things I wasn't good at. Now I realize it was really a strengths-based team to begin with. And they helped. I mean, they, I had a great team of people that could help me figure out my dream and help me figure out how to make it work. Yeah. I mean, that's a really important part of strengths-based development is understanding your weaknesses, but not only just understanding them and learning how to manage them, but also being able to seek out your yes. weaknesses that become strengths in others. And I think everybody that that I've interviewed so far, and I think this is, this is such a great realization, um, Everybody that I've interviewed so far has said, my spouse, their strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. And I think that's so cool because, you know, I think pretty much everybody at this point was, uh, you know, engaged or married or dating prior to Fighter. So it wasn't like they were using their, their strengths as a dating tool. It just yeah. naturally happened. So think about when people try to debunk the concept of positive psychology or strengths-based development, we naturally are gravitating toward people who balance us out. So right. why wouldn't this all make sense? And my wife is, and I are the same thing. I mean, without... She, you know, she is. You and I are very similar. She's a very deep thinker, and and oh, I always think she just can't make a decision. You know, she's always looking to me to make a decision, or she's looking, but she's deliberative. So she needs yeah. that extra time in yeah. order to, and and she needs more information in order to make a decision. 
Um, I think like, if you really understood that at going into a marriage, like just really understood what your partner is all about, how much stronger would our marriages be? Right, exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a great it's a great uh, tool for for couples or or anybody who's just looking at, to look at their children. I mean, my job as a parent is to grow my children, find out what they're gifted in, and help them become whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. But to know what their natural bents are and to look at them as they're growing and to help them realize those strengths, that's a big part of parenting. That's a massive part of parenting. And you think, you know, historically, you look back a generation or maybe, you know, a generation, two generations back, it was constantly, I mean, I use my father as an example. You know, he he graduated high school. He was told by his father, you go out, you get a job, you find uh, you find a mate, you get, you have kids, you buy a house, and you just you continue that. Yeah, you do that in that order, and you do that until eventually you can retire, and then you start enjoying your life. But what we're noticing now is there's a generational change, and there's a different mindset where people are actually focused on, on what's going to make me happy and allow my family to prosper in a way that we all can enjoy ourselves and do what we love. And people are quick to leave jobs if they don't feel like they're getting satisfied. So you know, I just think you know, StrengthsFinder is not used as a tool um, to, to tell people, hey, quit your job and try to find something else. Um, but it's definitely a great stepping stone maybe towards uh, thinking futuristic and finding a job that makes you happy and gives you a ton of satisfaction. I mean, what if we all worked in jobs that we were really, really happy at doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, if I went to the grocery store and my the lady that's checking me out loved what she was doing, what a great experience just even yeah. going to the grocery store. You know, they always say if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So, That's right. Um, you know, my right. my story. I was in the military for 11 years, and although I loved serving my country, and I was an air traffic controller, I loved, uh, you know, the job. I just wasn't 100% satisfied with it, and I felt like I needed to kind of take that step in a different direction and and grow within my business. I had a huge entrepreneurial itch that I seemed to never be able to reach, and I couldn't do that as long as I was in uniform. So my wife uh, was hugely supportive. We left and we pursued the goal of owning their own business and now we have two and it's it works out there you go so real quick um, let's talk a little bit about that aha moment now I don't think we you kind of touched on this a little bit when you were saying you were at that conference and a gentleman got up and started to speak and you really realized that strength finder probably had some had some gravity and some traction and you wanted to look into it but let, tell us about that aha moment maybe that moment that you got your top five and it was so insightful that it was almost freaky you know tell us about that well, I will, but it's not about my top five. It's about my bottom. Perfect. And um, so I'm flipping on you because my real aha moment was when I had we were going to school to become coaches, mm-hmm. and Gallup gave us all of our 34. And I was really nervous to open up my 34. You know, I, I don't know if I wanted to know what the bottom was. I was, right. I kind of, you know, I kind of knew what they kind of probably were, mm-hmm. but. Um, I was nervous about opening up this email. And when I opened it up, I, I looked, and, and of course, like the, the basic bottom ones were perfectly exactly what I thought they were going to be. But my number 34 was consistency. That's mine. I was, I was really hurt. I was like, am I not consistent? This is, this is horrible. It's devastating that this is the, my number 34. And I 
I was really struggling with it. And I talked to my friend and I said, you know, I'm having a hard time. Like my number 34 is consistency. She's like, oh yeah, totally. You're not consistent. What? I, I get my work done. I get on time. How am I not consistent? She's like, have you ever taught a lesson plan twice? I said, no. Um, how many seasons of Rock Our World have repeated? So none of them. Uh, do you drive home the same way every day? No. Do you eat leftovers? No. She just went on and on and on. She's like, see, you're not consistent. I was like, okay, I can accept that. And it would, my aha moment was accepting what those bottom strengths were and saying, okay, you're right. I'm totally, I'm not consistent. But it's not a negative for me anymore. It was hugely negative. And now when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a positive for me, and it was that moment that was the aha moment for me. Yeah, that's that's funny. Thanks for flipping it because some people, uh, you know, concentrate so much on their top five, and there is so much to be learned. I mean, sometimes it's even it's even more important to acknowledge your weaknesses and look at those bottom what the Gallup refers to as lesser talents. And um, my thirty four is consistency. Now I was different than you because when I heard that I went sure I could I could have told you that because I know I'm not consistent. This podcast will change with every single episode. I will never say the same thing twice. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> but I embrace that because I think you know it it allows me to be creative and I I think maybe if uh, if I was forced to be too consistent or too systematic that this this probably would never even happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's uh, great. So. 100%. But I had to understand what it meant first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You gotta, you gotta learn. And you did something very, very smart that um, some people don't do: is look to your friends, look to those that are closest to you, and say, "Hey, this is what this report says. What do you think?" And, <laughs> that you was know, my I, woo. I gotta uh-huh. reach out to another person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember one instance where I, well, there was a time where I was sitting in front of somebody who was a possible client of mine, and they were kind of interviewing me to do some group instruction, and and the guy. Uh, who was in charge, tossed over his top five and said, look at these and tell me what you think. And I, and I just started rambling off. I was fresh, fresh home. Just I mean, the, I think my engine was still warm from my trip to Omaha. And I said, well, this tells me blank, da, 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 and I went down his top five. And he's just sitting there looking at me through the top of his glasses. And his coworkers on the other side of the table going, that's you, that's you, oh, that's you. And he's just, I mean, dead stare. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm upsetting this guy. I'm never going to get this client. And he said, okay. And then he took it back, and that was it. I mean, completely void of any reaction whatsoever. But his coworker was just, you know, she was rolling. And it, I wasn't saying anything funny, but she just thought it was so, it was crazy that somebody who didn't know this guy could look at this paper and go ahead and say, well, this is how I think you do this. It is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, yeah it is cool. So, um, let's let's talk a little bit about when you now that you're you know you're aware of your top five and and things like that. When you approach other people about uh, maybe you urge them to take the assessment or you tell them about StrengthsFinder 2.0. Do you ever get any kind of resistance to that? And if so, what? I mean, the most the most uh, popular one is oh great, not another assessment. So what do you do to get around that? I have not had anybody say that to me. Um, That's great. (laughs) You know what? I think I I get so excited about it, and there's so many many amazing moments just reading through that assessment. I don't know how people can can say no. 
it's you're gonna learn things about yourself that you didn't that you didn't even realize and that's gonna have a name to it now and you're gonna own it and you're gonna be able to grab hold of something that's your that's your own self and and treasure it what's negative about that I know it, it is you know and that's one I say this all the time so those that listen to this podcast will say yes Andy we knew in the military you took a lot of assessments but I did and when I got out I was handed a strength finder 2.0 by a, by a mentor of mine here in the Clinton area chamber of commerce and I was guarded a little bit I was defensive because I thought you know don't don't I don't want an assessment to tell me what I need to do. I can figure this out. And I was pride, you know, it was a pride issue and I was puffing my chest out. I had it all figured out, but I was wrong. <laughs> I was totally wrong. And uh, unfortunately well, the teacher, there's there's probably no other profession that does more assessments than teaching. Oh, but it, yeah. it's fascinating to me. It, it it's fascinating and it's it's something that everyone can have access to and be able to discover it I don't know I don't know why you wouldn't want to know these things about yourself because it's empowering I mean imagine if our middle school kids all knew what they were gifted in would there be a time of trying to find yourself if you knew who you were yeah I don't know, you know. And then you talk about you know education that follows high school and college, and we talk about going into the military and you know how how I guess it would be a total game changer if you were aware of your strengths prior to making those decisions because you may not right. be you may not be out there chasing a, a major that's completely not in line with your strengths, or you may not go in the military, you may not join the Peace Corps, you may not do this or that. Or I mean, it's it's such or a you may focus. you may decide that's exactly where yeah. I need to. Because that's where I'm pa most passionate about. I mean, it may be that that you are headed in the right direction, and sometimes it works negative and positive. So sometimes it will work negative, like yeah, maybe that's not where I should be. But sometimes it's just like that's what I needed. I needed to know I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I should be doing, and it's just sometimes it could be an attaboy. Yeah. No, it's just, uh, a woman that I interviewed. Uh, today actually she used the term validation and I think that's 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 perfect I mean she said this tool revealed information that validated my my journey where I was headed and without it I probably would have second-guessed myself and maybe jumped right. ship too early mm -hmm. um, so and I know in your notes that you sent and we were talking back and forth via email you did mention that you work with teachers to help them develop their strengths and you did reference one thing in particular Fresno Pacific University and and you're doing a special for them I am. I'm teaching an online class right now on Teach With Your Strengths. It's geared specifically for teachers, and um, we're doing it in conjunction with Rock Our World. So Rock Our World is actually offering a six-week course right now for teachers to develop their strengths. I will never offer it at this price ever again because it's basically for free. Um, it's a $100 donation to the nonprofit, which doesn't come to me. And... Um, it's a six-week course on developing your strengths. How do you figure out who you are, and then how do you leverage them in the classroom? How do you deal with administrators who are different from you, or difficult parents, or kids that are just not, you're not being able to speak their language, and teaching teachers, how do you take who you are and bring your best to your classroom? And so we're going to do a whole um, two six-week classes on that. And then for uh, Fresno Pacific, you can get three units at Fresno Pacific for it. Wow. That's amazing. So if, if there's teachers listening that want more information on that, how can they contact you? 
Um, you can contact me at rockourstrengths at gmail.com or just go to rockourworld.org, and there's all kinds of information on the bottom for that. Great. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, I, the more and more I do this, the more and more evident it becomes that every profession can benefit from, from knowing their top five and their strengths and their, you know, full 34 report of their bottom five. This really isn't something that's just solely for one, um, one industry or the other. It's so broad and it's so dynamic. I, I would love to see, you know, when I was in the military, I wish this was something that was offered. Um, you know, we did a lot of Six Sigma, lean, um, different types of trainings, uh, you know, on structure and, and uh, streamlining our processes, but yep. man, I would have been all yeah. over a strengths finder teach, class if that was offered. I teach a class at our church, so I teach a, a faith-based um, strengths class at our church. I teach a parenting class for parents. So it's it really is. It's very broad. It's um, reaches anyone because you are who you are, and you bring you into every situation. And it's good to know what you can do and what you need, you know, a little bit of help doing. Right. That's okay. No. Well, let's talk about let's let's set you up in a scenario where you're you're standing over the shoulder of somebody who just hit Control P. They just printed out their top five and their action report after taking the assessment, and they're sitting down. They're kind of looking at it now. They're a little confused because they don't know what this terminology means because some of the theme names aren't even real words. So, <laughs> what advice would you give them just to kind of nudge them a little bit in the lower back and push them in a direction towards a positive result? What would be the first step you tell them to take? Well, I'd want them to read through their insight report because the insight report is very specific just to them, whereas the book is the, the pure terms. So the insight report is really just about them. To read that over and maybe take a highlighter, and I, I know in my book I just instinctively grabbed a highlighter and underlined the things that really spoke to me. And things that you don't understand, like my consistency, Talk to somebody that really knows you well. It could be a spouse. It could be a good friend. It could be a parent. Talk to somebody that knows you and ask them about that because it was something that I didn't – I thought I was really consistent. <laughs> like, yeah. I was having a hard time with this. And um, But after talking to somebody that knew me well, I realized I can own that. I'm, I'm totally okay with that being at the bottom, and I, I feel empowered by knowing it. So I, I think that you should, you know, go through it yourself and just kind of highlight what speaks to you. And then the next thing is talk to somebody yeah, and see you, you, their perspective. You touched on a, on a, at a point that we don't normally bring it up, and I don't think I've actually talked about it on this podcast, which I feel a little upset that I haven't brought up in the past. But that insights report is not just – a cookie cutter paragraph for a, a theme name. Your insights report, that is a culmination. That is a report specific to you. And it's a combination of all the thirty-four themes yep. and, and how they fit into your into your uh, into your report. So it's specific to you. Very it was interesting because when I went to go get my coaching degree, one of the girls that was also getting her coaching, we have four that are the same. Four out of the five. That was yeah, so amazing. Big. And so the first thing we do is like, can I look at your insight report? <laughs> so, because yeah. I wanted to see like, are they saying the same things to her? Because it's really, I mean, four out of five—that's pretty amazing. And our insight reports were completely different. Mm. Totally. Yeah. And I was—I really thought, oh, they're going to have some of the same, you know, kind of structure. No, it was completely individualized. 
Yeah, I, no, I didn't know that either until I went in for training. And I mean, I was—I uh, consider myself like a strengths evangelist um, prior <laughs> to going and actually becoming Gallup certified. But um, I did not know that, and that was not only super great information to know, but man, that was a game changer. That just made me oh, buy yeah. into it more because I just thought it was—it was so cool. Um, so let's let's just say. This is a question that I like to ask, and sometimes people have a quick answer, sometimes they don't, but let's look at your top five. Let's focus on your top five, your dominant strengths. Out of those, what would be your favorite, if you have a favorite, and why? Mm. Oh, that is a hard one. Um, I think for me, positivity kind of colors everything for me. It gives a little meaning to everything, and it... And I, I can fall in love with ideas and people and things very easily because it's just something that's a natural part of me. So I, w I would say that one, but I also have a love-hate relationship with my achiever. Mm -hmm. I love it because I get a lot of things done, and I, I hate it because I can't turn it off. <laughs> and I would love to be able – that's the one. Like, if I could just dial it down a little bit, I would like to dial down my achiever. Um, but that's my number one, and it's um, it pushes me to get a lot of things done. So I love it, and I, I I struggle with it. But I think positivity that would be my first my first go to probably with you is um, positivity because it it colors everything. It keeps me happy. It keeps me focused on good positive things in my life and not dwelling on negative things. Yeah, I, with me, I mean, that's, uh, as you as you speak about Achiever, I have that with my woo. I mean, I, my woo and my communication, because yeah. why, why I love them and why they, they have opened up so many doors to me, um, they've, they've brought in my social circle. It also doesn't allow me to sit in a networking event and just relax. You know, I have, I kind of set an agenda where I'm going to go around, I'm going to meet everybody, I'm going to shake hands, I'm going to be a part of the conversation. And then sometimes I think, why can't I just sit down relax and just engage one person and sit here the remainder of the night uh, talking about something that we both enjoy without being distracted really, by everybody else that's walking in the room. That's funny you say that because it's why I started sketchnoting because I could focus my attention and stay focused. I have good focus anyways, but mm -hmm. I could stay focused in a conversation or in a meeting in a meaningful way. So it was kind of using all of my strengths together because it was a po I keep them positive, you know, my sketch noting positive. Mm -hmm. And um, I use it at the end. It's my achiever, so I'm doing something during a meeting and not thinking this is crazy and I need to go do a bunch of other things. So I am doing something. I put it on my list that I'm going to sketch note this meeting. But then it takes care of my woo because after I'm done, I publish and I. And, you know, some if people don't like them, they don't like them. But if they do, then great. I mean, I'm not publishing for any other reason than it. it's on my list of things to do. And I yeah. publish it after. And it kind of takes care of all of my focus learning achiever. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I never even thought of, you know, I'm a content junkie as well. So I like creating things that I can share online with other people, whether it be, you know, these podcasts or videos um, and I now I just by you saying that I realize that that's that's my woo too. I mean that's coming out because I I want that kind of feedback. I want that reaction. I want to engage them. Yeah. So real quick, I 
your sketch notes are just downright awesome. I absolutely love them. But why don't you just give us a short uh, explanation of what a sketch note actually is? I'll tell everybody, you know, once you're safely out of your car, if you're listening to this while you're driving, Google sketch note because you'll get a better insight into it. But Caroline, why don't you just tell us exactly what it is and how you use it? Well, I mean, basically it's doodling your notes. So in college, I would get in trouble for doodling on the side of my notes. But I was doodling to keep me focused, and I was doodling to remind me of something that they said. So if they were talking about birds or whatever, I would sketch a little doodle of a bird. But um, now I use it. I, uh, I use it every week. I, I sit in, in our church, and I take sketch notes of the sermon. So I do sermon notes every week, mm-hmm. and I use them to keep me focused. And, and I will tell you, it has really improved my memory because now I teach it to teach kids how to take notes in school because I'm taking in information, synthesizing it, deciding what's important for me, deciding what's important, filtering it out, writing it down while still listening to more information and filtering that. So as far as me being able to listen and, and keep in a conversation, it has really, really helped my memory. So I would tell you to do that. And it's just a way of doodling information. They use a lot of arrows and, you know, circles. and It, it can be simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. But um, I do use it to help bring out the information. Now I do it with my kids, Learn have learned how to sketch note. And when we sit in meetings together, we all, at the end, we have a rule. We can't watch each other while they're sketchnoting. But after it's over, we kind of compare notes and it's really interesting to see what I got out of it versus somebody else got out of it. And, ooh, that was a good point. I missed that. Or, oh, yeah, I thought about that, but I didn't have time. And so it was just, it's really great to look and see how other people are synthesizing that information, too. Yeah, I, I love, I love there's, looking at your... I love looking at your sketch notes because I'm the type of person, you know, I'm very, um, you know, focus is probably way down there for me. I don't know where it sits, but I guarantee you it's a lesser talent because I'm kind of like that, uh, you know, dog from the Disney movie Up where I'm squirrel. You know, I look to my, because, but you, when you do those sketch notes, you use such dynamic uh, um, colors and a lot of primary colors and there, and it's, there's a lot of action and there's stuff going on. It keeps me intrigued and, and focused. <laughs> On what you're writing, I'm following along. I know. I I I want to try it. Actually, there's a there's several books out there that you can purchase on sketch noting and stuff. I have a whole sheet of tips. I'll send it to you. Send that to me because I I think that would be so. I think that's something I could do because I'm not a note taker. I mean, that whole week in Gallup, people were sitting there looking at me like, "Are you taking notes?" And I'm like, "Uh, no." Just because I know what I'll do is I'll take. I will fill. a three-ring binder full of notes, and then I will never, ever, ever go back and look at them. So it's right. just me. It's just a waste of time. But I think that's right. Stuff- but I will tell you, when I look back at my sketch notes, I can look back at that note and tell you way more than what was on that paper. I can remember a lot of details because at the time I'm listening and writing. So now, if I go back, and I do go back to my notes because sometimes I like to just look at them. You know, they're colorful, and I look back at them and remember. But I do remember a lot more. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look. To definitely send me that that paper. Okay. Down. On its so, way. So let's. This is this is a introspective question. This I always say this one for last because I I usually like the powerful uh, answer that comes out of it. Now, if we'll rewind the hands of time, we'll jump in our DeLorean and go back, and uh, let's say that strengths never entered your life. How do you think that would have impacted you if you never knew what your top five were? You never knew what your bottom five were. Well, I, you know, I, I obviously lived 
a portion of great portion of my life without knowing what my strengths were, right? Mm -hmm. So I, there's things that you know about yourself. You're outgoing, you're introverted, you know, like simple things. But I don't know if I would know myself to the depth that I know it, and I think about it constantly. So when I'm, you know, if I'm feeling kind of sad about something, I remember, you know, I have positivity as my top five, and it, and I can understand why I can bounce back up, and people may say, you know, whoa, you should be sad for much longer, and mm. I was like, well, I, I'm, I can't, it's just, it's a part of who I am, and so by knowing those things, I know, I know myself, I know why I'm responding the way I'm responding, or why I make a list and have to do it, why I can't relax on vacation. <laughs> you know, I at least can understand it, but understanding it lets me accept it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And by accepting it, I, can, I know who I am, and I can accept who I am, and I can appreciate who I am, and I can appreciate others around me. And it, it's really, cha I, don't, I think it would be sad not to know those mm. things about yourself. Yeah, that's interesting. You, you know, and I, I say for me, it was a huge confidence booster. Huge, oh, huge shoot. confidence booster. Because I, I mean, I've I've bought so much into myself that I'm, you know, I, I brought in the strengths that I and I learned and I developed and I've I've applied and I've shared and now I'm just so confident in my abilities. I feel like I'm, you know, running on high octane jet fuel um, yeah. because I now have this knowledge and and I know what I'm good at and what I'm not so great at. So it's, yeah. it's a huge confidence booster for sure. De absolutely, definitely. I mean, I, it really is. Like even in my woo, when I, when I think about it, I have to, um, I really, like if I'm meeting a lot of people, sometimes I think in my head, I know how to do this. Like I, this is something I know how to do and I like this job and I'm going to go find somebody that's not good at meeting people and I'm going to bring them along with me and introduce them. And now I can kind of use my strengths to help people that maybe that's not their strength and, and pull them along with me. And vice versa. I need somebody to be consistent. <laughs> right, right. Yep. You need you need somebody to balance that out. So how so Carolyn, I'm so impressed by by your you know, you have so much going on and so much to be proud of and so much to be thankful for. And I'm so glad that you chose to be a guest on our show. But so how um, in the next couple of months do you plan on rocking our world, the rest of us here that are out there looking to, to better ourselves professionally and personally and just enjoy life? Well, I'm starting my own strengths coach business. And so I've been coaching um, teachers and businesses and teams. I do a lot of workshops so if you want somebody to come in and lead a workshop on strengths, I do that. And um, it's I love what I get to do. I've always loved what I got to do. I loved being a teacher. I, I mean, every stage I really feel I just fit in every stage. And this is just a new chapter in my life. And I'm super excited about being there and helping people discover who they really are. It's I can't think of anything better to do right now than to really just help teams build strong team team dynamics and really know how to work with each other to achieve a goal because it's the most important thing. Yeah, and is. that's teams and families and parents and teachers and all of those things that are we consider a team is knowing who you are and moving forward. 
That's great. Well said. I have nothing to add to that. You, you covered all the bases. But go ahead and provide us with some contact information for anybody out there who is just finishing up this podcast and says, I want to hear more of that, that beautiful woman's voice. So how do I get a hold of her? Uh, well, the website is being built, so it's uh, rockourstrengths.com. Uh, you can also get me at rockourstrengths uh, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you need any training or workshops, I'm ready to rock. Let's do it. That's awesome. Well, your enthusiasm and positivity is purely contagious. It's it's going on 6 o'clock p.m. here my time, and that's my day start early, and this is where I usually start running out of fuel. But uh, you've been uh, just a, like a tall latte is what I feel like. You've, you've injected <laughs> me with a massive amount of caffeine, and I'm, and I'm ready to, to roll. So thank you so much uh, for joining us, and I'd love to have you back if you ever have some more time. I'd love to. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode of Thematics. This is your host, Andy Sokolovich of UnleashStrengths.com. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UnleashStrengths, or follow us on Twitter at UnleashCSF. Again, that's UnleashCSF. If you have an idea for a podcast or you have somebody you think we should interview, go ahead and email, email me their contact information, Andy, A-N-D-Y, at UnleashStrengths.com. Uh, that's it for now. I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Thematics presented by UnleashStrengths.com. Remember to embrace your strengths and always stay addicted. Stay addicted.